0: word. Today God will be speaking to us from 1st Peter chapter 4 verses 10 through 11. 1st Peter chapter 4 verses 10 through 11 and when you have it please say amen. And it reads, as each one has received a gift Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Amen. Remain standing with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the privilege, Lord, of being able to gather around your word that we might hear your spirit speak to us, Lord. We thank you that, God, that you created us to be contagious. You you created us, Lord, to, to spread the good news and to make the people around us smile to make them uh, to know the Christ that means so much to us and who have just turned our life completely around. God, I am aware of the awesomeness, Lord, of who you are, your mighty presence, Lord. And I'm asking this morning that as I speak, that, Lord, I will speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that you would take my mind, my mouth, my heart, and channel it, Lord, and that I might speak, Father God, only what you would have me to speak to this great people to whom you have great plans for. We thank you and we praise you and all God's people said amen, amen. amen. You, may be, you may be seated in the Lord's presence. Turn my mic up just a little bit. Well, we have been in our series called Contagious. How many of you have enjoyed the series Contagious? Amen. How many of you have seen a difference in your capacity to witness to other people? Sharing your faith. Um, it's very, very, um, I, I really have been praying a lot, uh, through this particular series because, um, as brother Walter so eloquently uh, put his testimony this morning, it is so more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you would say that God has really blessed you? How many of you say your life has been turned around? Then how many of you want to see other people experience that same goodness? We want them to know the God that we know. And so everything about this series has really been designed to equip you with the tools that will make you more comfortable in sharing your faith. Now, when you talk about sharing your faith, I am aware of the fact that not everybody get all excited about evangelism. You know, most of us, we understand, you, understand, you know that you are called to Spread the good news of the gospel. Everybody know that, right? Everybody understand that that it is not a, uh, Jesus is not asking us to do that. He's commanding us to do that. And so we all have this sense of, of, of understanding and knowing what the Lord expects of us. But then it comes into question then sometimes, why do we don't always get excited when you talk about sharing your faith or talking to people about something that's very personal and private? Uh, I believe that a lot of that is because when you think about the word evangelism, everybody in here, there's a picture in your mind. Something comes to mind. Some of you, you may, you see the guy standing on the corner, and he got the big old bullhorn, and he's yelling, repent, repent, repent. And you're thinking, I can't do that. Or you see the car down the road that is, that is just, plastered with all kinds of bumper stickers saying, repent, you're gonna go to hell if you don't receive Jesus, God loves you, and you can't see yourself plastering your car with all the bumper stickers. Or you see the televangelist on TV, and and you see that, and you see him just standing there, and he's begging for money, and he's just, he's preaching, and he's saying all these different things, and he's saying, you know, stuff that just doesn't quite connect with you, And, and, and you're saying, I can't do that either. And so I understand what I'm against when uh, we talk about the thing of evangelism. But we want to get to a point that when we talk about sharing your faith, and I I want you to hear me, that the purpose of this series have been to get all of us to a point that whenever you hear us talk about uh, sharing your faith, that you get happy about it, that it excites you. It, it, it motivates you, and, and your thought process is, man, I can't wait to tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. And so I want to bring you to that point. And, and if you have been listening to this series, I said before, and for those of you who don't know, our series are all online, so you can get them online. But, but this series, if you really listen and make application, everybody say application. application. If you don't make application to what I'm saying, you will stay where you are. Are you hearing me? Application equals uh, productivity, equal results. And if you, reply what, if you apply what we have been talking about, trust me, you're going to see fruit. All of us, we're going to see fruit in, in the lives of people, seeing them change, seeing them turn around for Jesus' sake. And so as I get into this this morning, what I really want to talk about is you, you You know, I said before that we're going to put you at ease this morning, that I believe that when you leave here today, you're going to be really excited about sharing your faith. I mean, I know a lot of you are already excited, but you're going to be really excited because I'm going to help to set you free today. How many of you want to be set free? How many of you say, well, Pastor, I can use some improvement in the area of sharing my faith. Come on, be honest with me. me show a hand. I can just, I can. Okay, then I know y'all are with me. Okay. So. I want to give you some information today right from the word of God that's going to completely set you free. And the next time you hear pastors say, share your faith, you're going to be like, wow, this is great. I can't wait. And you won't have to fake it. Amen. You will be really, really excited about it. And so we're going to talk about this because what happens is when most people think about evangelism, they think, as we said before, I got to do it this way. But how do you know that God designed you a particular way? everybody is different god has diversity all over the place you don't believe me look around and how do we know god needs a diversified people to reach people out there who are very diverse and so so watch this that this may be a shock to some of you god never intended for all of us to share our faith the same way not everybody is going to walk right up to a stranger and talk about the gospel How many of you are really comfortable doing that? Uh, most of you are not. I see that, I didn't get even one hand. I got one (laughs) But not everybody is gonna do it that way, and you know what? It's okay, it's okay. Because God made you to be you, and you gotta be comfortable with you. You gotta learn to, to love you in the way God made you, the way God wired you. Whenever you operate out of who you are, trust me, You're going to be most happy, you're going to be most authentic, and you're going to be able to make a difference. Why? Because you're being you. Look at the neighbor and say, the godly me. That's important. Now let's go back to our foundational text this morning in 1 Peter chapter number 4. And I want to focus, let's look at verse number 10. He says, now, as each one has received a gift. Now, every one of us are gifted. God is, if you're a believer today, God has given you some spiritual gift. He's gifted you in some way. You need to understand that, that, that you're gifted. God has given you talents. God has given you an ability. Amen. Say amen with me. Help me preach. And to each one has received a gift, and minister, he says, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So there's a grace that has been given to every one of us. Every one of us has a gifting. God has gifted you to make a difference. Amen. God didn't gift you to keep it to yourself. He's gifted you to serve. How many know it's more blessed to serve than just to be served? Amen. It's blessed to pour out. And so that's what God is doing. But I want you to look at verse number 11 very carefully with me. And we'll go into uh, the ways by which we evangelize. Verse number 11 says, now, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability by which God supplies. Now, I want to stop right there for a moment. Ability. You see, now, now follow me. Every gift, every gift that everyone has comes with a personality. Do you understand what I'm saying? Within every, the context of every gift, there's a personality in which that gift is, is, is given. For an example, uh, I'm a teacher of the gospel. One of my gifts is I teach. I love to teach. But how many you know that, that, that I can't teach like the other brother? I can't try to be like, so I can't be a Charles Stanley. I can't be T.D. Jakes, I can only be me. And I can remember as a, as a youngster wanting to preach that I would try to imitate Billy Graham. Y'all, you know Billy Graham, you know. And, and you, and you, you know, I would try to act like, but I can't be Billy Graham, I can only be me. Because if I'm me, I will be most effective and what you got to understand is that the way God wired you, he wired you to be effective just as you are. And so not everybody is going to do it the same way. Not everybody teaches the same way. Not everybody ministers the same way. We're all gifted. We all may even have the same gift. But the way that gift is expressed, the personality is different. And it, are, y'all, are y'all with me this morning? Y'all looking like, yeah, I'm, am I not making this clear? I, I see these looks. And so, so within the context of every gift, there's a personality. He says, minister within the ability. Don't try to be nobody else. All right? Now, when it comes to sharing your faith, you can't, listen, you can't go and do it like ever. You can't do it like Pastor Bailey. I wish you could do it like me, because I think my way is pretty effective. But, but, but you can't do it like me. I can't do it like you. Brother Jacobs taught the Wednesday night Bible uh, class last week, for some of you who missed that, and, and he did a good job. Now, now, obviously, there are some things we learn from each other, but for anybody who was in the Bible study, Brother Jacobs was himself. He, he wasn't trying to be, we're not trying to create little Pastor Gary's around here, right? And so he was unique, and he, and he, and It he was his own personality, and it came across perfect. And whenever you try to be like somebody else, how many know you get it gets revealed real quick. Whenever you try to operate out of something that you're not gifted in, how many know I'm talking about? It don't work. It's like it's like trying to put on uh, uh, pants that are too tight and too short. It's like trying to put on put on a shirt and it just don't fit. You you feel awkward and out of place. And so, what I want to do this morning, I'm going to take you to the Word of God. Some of you, you're going to say, "Well, this is great." And, and you're gonna understand through the Word of God that there are various ways by which you can share your faith. And it don't have to be exactly the same way. And you're gonna discover your gift because you know you. And nobody knows you like you know you. And if I can get you to flow in the things that God, in the way that God has designed you, you will be most productive. So, number one, here's the first one. Are you ready? It's only five of these, so we won't be too long today. Are you ready? You got to say me. you got to let me know, you got to cheer, like hey man, pastor, yeah, yeah, let me know, that's good. All right, good, thank you. <laughs> Number one, the first one is the direct approach, and we're talking about various approaches to sharing your faith, the direct approach. Now, this is the approach that some people have great difficulty with, because as I said before, you don't like to be all that direct like that, just going up cold turkey to people and just talking to them. And for some of you, that scares the daylights out of you. You're thinking, oh, man, I I ain't going to do that. But you know there was somebody in the Bible who was just like that. Look at um, Matthew chapter 16, uh, verses 16 through through 23. Matthew chapter 16. Come on, run there real quick. Matthew chapter number 16, verses 16 through 23. I'm not going to read all these verses. I'm going to read a couple. Simon, verse 16. Simon Peter, and this is chapter, Matthew, chapter 16. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So here now, Jesus is telling, asking the disciples and talking of them, to them about who he is. And so Peter was one of those bold persons. You know, and, pe- and people like to always pick on the apostle Peter. Well, you know, Peter always put his foot in his mouth. And Peter did. But one thing about Peter, Peter was bold. Peter would jump out and say stuff that nobody else would say. Peter was the one that was, you remember when Jesus was walking on water and all the other jokers were in the boat? And Peter said, I'm getting out of the boat. I'm walking on water. How many know that takes boldness to do that? And so Peter was the one, when all the soldiers came, Peter had the sword. You remember that? And what, he, he chopped off one of these soldiers' ears. How many know? And when everybody else would probably, Peter, Peter wasn't that way. Peter, look, Peter chopped off his ear. Peter was bold. He was, I mean, and in Acts chapter number two, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, remember Peter stood and he preached and 3,000 people got saved? And then Peter became the leader. It was no matter, it, it's, you understand it, God was raising up Peter because Peter had a boldness on his life. Peter was a risk taker. Peter would step out of the boat with everybody else and say, it's comfortable right here, let me stay here. Uh, another person I think of who was pretty bold in the faith was, as it relates to just communicating with people, was John the Baptist. Somebody say John the Baptist. Oh, John man. the Baptist was one bad dude. John the Baptist was in the wilderness eating locusts, wild honey. You know, he wasn't dressed up in the right kind of, I mean, he would have, whatever he had on. It was, he was out there. And, uh, and he just yelled out, repent, repent, repent. And that's the way he preached. And you know, and he was out there. And then when the, when all of the when the, when the spiritual leaders came, he started calling them snakes and vipers right to their faces. Uh, and, and, and how many know that took some boldness to do that? But but here's what I'm trying to say: there are some people that will never come to Christ. Watch this, unless somebody gets in their face and is bold and tell them the truth. How many know God needs some bold Christians? Amen. God needs some people that will walk up. I mean, uh, I, I had one brother tell me that one time. He said, just, te- just tell me like it is. And, and God has that in the body. And some people will never come to Christ until somebody come and say, you need to get your life together or, 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 or is it. Your day is over. You need to change right now. Some of you say, well, I ain't going to do that. But, 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 but other people, you thrive at that. I mean, you, I mean, in fact, people who have this gift, who kind of have that bold approach, you kind of have to reel them in a little bit. You know, because they'll just tell you. When everybody else is afraid, they'll just walk right out there and say it because they're bold and they're very comfortable that way. Can anybody think of anybody here who's like that? All right. (laughs) Number two. The bold approach. Maybe you find that that's you. You're bold. Then you know what? If, if that's who you are, be bold in Jesus' name. Amen? Step out in faith. Be a Peter. Be a risk taker. Step out in the boat. Just go. If you like getting people cold turkey, as they're coming out of Shoppers, Giant, wherever you go, then hit them cold turkey. Amen? Just be gentle with them in Jesus' name. Number two, the intellectual approach. Oh, man. You ever... Meet people who just like to debate. I and mean, are some Christians, we call them Christian apologists. They're not. The, the Christian apologist is not somebody that's apologizing. They're a defender. Apologists are people that defend the faith. That's what apologists are. And so you know you have a lot of those who, who, whose job is to defend, and they love philosophical arguments. They love to approach. They love to approach things on an intellectual level. Now look at with, look look with me in Acts chapter number seventeen. The Apostle Paul is in Athens in Acts chapter 17. I want you to run there real quick. When you get there, say something like amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Acts 17, are you there? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. I got one hallelujah. All right. So the Apostle Peter, Peter, not Peter, but Paul, He's in Athens, and he's, he's, he's about to preach the gospel. Now, you've got to understand something about the apostle Paul. Now, you, you know your Bible. You go back and read chapter 2. Paul was, in Philippians chapter 2, we'll tell you a little bit about Paul. Paul was highly educated, all right? He was an intellect. He was, Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I mean, he was a teacher. He was the man. He was it. When it came to you, you want to sit down and you want to have an intellectual conversation? Apostle Paul was your guy. So here now, Apostle Paul, being the way that he is, because he's an intellect, he's a smart guy. Paul is walking through Athens. He's just kind of walking around. And and, and the whole time, Paul is just kind of observing because he's thinking about a way by which he can explain the gospel. Because some people, you just can't walk up to them boldly and say, repent, because they're going to look at you like, what are you talking about? Repent. You need to explain this to me. So watch this. And let's look at Acts chapter 17. I'll show you what I mean. All right, so are you in Acts chapter 17, verse number 16. I'm gonna kind of jump around a little bit, but y'all will stay with me. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked. All right, so he saw something and it troubled him, and within uh, uh, I'm sorry, provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. That's what bothered him. Therefore, watch this. Look at verse number 17. What did Paul do? He reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews. How many of you love to sit down and reason with people? your yeah, intellect Paul would sit down with them and Paul would say okay bring give me your best shot so in Athens it was all these philosophers and all these intellect and and you know and so the way you're going to reach them you got to be able to talk to them you got to be able. some people you just you just can't just yell at and just tell them repent you got to sit down and explain to them why shouldn't they why should they believe your Jesus Why should their lives completely change? And so they want you to talk. And so that's what Paul would do. Paul would go in these places and Paul would sit down and Paul would reason with them. He would have a conversation. But you know what's interesting about this thing? And I I love this because Paul would use the platform that God gave him. How many of you know everybody here have a platform? Did you not know your job is your platform? Your place to influence your community? That's your platform wherever you hang out, that's your platform. And so Paul, he's in Athens. He's provoked in his spirit. So he's looking around. He's reasoning. He's trying to talk with these people. And But then look what he does. And this is amazing. Look what he does in verse number 23. Look at verse 23 in Acts chapter 17. He says, for as I was passing through and considering, all right, considering, that means that Paul was contemplating. He's thinking of a way by which I can reach these philosophers, uh, these pagan philosophers. I want to be able to reach them. He says, now, uh, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I found an altar with this inscription. What was the inscription? To the unknown God. Now, I want you to see the reason, the the wisdom in the Apostle Paul. Paul said, and look, therefore, everybody say therefore. The one whom you worship without knowing... Him, I'm going to make known to you. Come on, somebody. Wasn't that wise? Amen. Paul saw where they were. He, he looked around and he was thinking, because he's an intellect. He's thinking, Oh am there. He said, oh, yeah, I see a, something I there. Say to the unknown God. Yeah, that one right there. So Paul used their own stuff. He says, now, th- th- you know that inscription, that thing you got over there that says to the unknown God, I'm going to make them known to you today. And how many know their ears perked up at that point? What are you talking about? Because he's using their own platform. He's using that in order to reach them. Are you tracking with me? Because he is an intellect. And some of you are the same way. Some of you, man, you just love, you know, you just love to sit down and have a good intellectual conversation. I mean, there are some folks you can't reach no other way. There are some people who are just so, their aptitude is just so high. It's not that God can't use anybody and everybody. It's not that. But it's just that some people, you just got to sit down, and you got to reason with them. And you're one of those people, perhaps, you just love to do that. You're intellectual. You love to sit down, and you love to have a debate. But some of the other ones, you're saying, oh, that ain't me. That, I don't like to do that. Then that's okay. But having know God got, God got something for everybody, Amen. And, and that's why we're all very, very diverse. Number three, the third one. All right? The third one, the testimonial approach. Oh, how many of you got a testimony? How many of you got a testimony? Yeah. Everybody here says, say, amen. Yeah. The testimonial approach. Let's look at uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter number nine. I love this verse. I love this guy. In fact, when I go to heaven, I'm going to hook up with this guy, this blind guy. This guy was amazing. The Gospel of John chopping on me and get there, say amen. 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 (laughs) So here's a guy who was blind, and Jesus healed him on the Sabbath day. You know, Jesus always had a way of doing stuff that just made everybody upset. You know that. So he heals this blind guy. Now look look at. um, look at um, verse number, let's start for continuity's sake. Look at verse number 21. He said, but by what means he now sees we do not know? This is his parents. They're questioning his parents. Well, let's start in verse 20. His parents answered them, because this is all the people who are trying to say, this guy, how did he get healed? And they're trying to figure out, is this is the right guy? And so they go to his parents. And his parents answered them and said, we do not know, uh, we know this, that this is our son. That's what we know. And that he was born blind. That's what the parents said. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. Now, look, let's go on down uh, uh, to verse number 24. So they again called the, the man, right? They called him. This was the guy that got healed. They called the man who was blind, and they said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. Now, he was talking about this man meaning Jesus. This is what they're saying to the the blind man. So they say to the blind man, say, look, give God the glory because this Jesus who supposedly healed you, he's a sinner. Can't imagine they calling Jesus a sinner, but that's what they did. But but look, well, watch what the blind blind man says. This is so good. Um, He says in verse 25, he answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. (laughs) He said, now you can have all your theological arguments. If you wanna have a big debate, if you wanna call all the philosophers around the the block, if you wanna get everybody to assemble together and have some deep Bible story, revelation stuff, great, go for it, but I'm just saying for me, I'm gonna tell you what it did for me. All I know is I was blind and now I see. How many know nobody can argue with your testimony? He just said, look, I don't know. Y'all can talk about what you, he ain't trying to have an intellectual. He he won't interested in all that. He just, I'm just telling you, all I know, I hear what y'all saying, y'all upset, y'all want to fight, y'all want to call Jesus sinner. Here's what I'm saying, look at me. I was blind, now I see. That's what I know. And some of us, watch this, some of us got such an incredible testimony. You, you'd be amazed. Someone's got a testimony that, that, that God used. There's a lady by the name of Joni Erickson Tata, for an example. She was a paraplegic. I think she grew up in the area of Baltimore. And back in the 60s, uh, you know, she was into Olympic stuff and diving. And she had jumped in the water and that she hit her head at the bottom of the pool. And she became a paraplegic. And, you know, she used that same testimony almost everywhere she goes. About, and, and, you know, and she has a platform because people can see it. And they see her testimony, and some of us got incredible testimonies. That all you that, that if you just open your mouth and share that testimony, that testimony will cause somebody's heart to be pricked and they'll come to God. How many, how many of you say, Pastor, I got a bad testimony? Meaning bad, like good. You nobody? I mean, Amen. So I, Amen. See, y'all need you know what I have a good testimony? Come on, Amen. somebody. And so and so you just need to share your testimony. So that's another approach. Maybe your best approach in evangelism is, let me just tell you what God did to me. I was here. I was lost. I was in sin. I was addicted to drugs. I was addicted to crack. I was a fornicator. I was adulterer. God delivered me. I was doing this. I was a thief. I was a robber. I was doing it. And God saved me and God delivered me. And here's how he did it. And boy, and the people look at you like, wow, 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 really? Wow. Man, there had to been a God to change that. Had to been. Had to be. I knew you win. That had to be. Wow, that's amazing. And so you'd be amazed. So some of you, you're just comfortable. Just share your testimony. Just go out and share it. That's what this blind man did. You know, I don't know nothing else. I didn't know this is what he did to me. So you take that and do what you want to do with it. And how many of you are comfortable with that? Amen? All right, the next one. The next one, number four. The invitational approach. All right, the invitational approach. That's inviting people. Look at that John. Y'all reading John? Look at John chapter number four. (laughs) This is a woman at the well Jesus had encountered. Who claimed that she, you know, she wasn't married, and Jesus kind of prophetically told her that you got like five, you had five husbands, and one you went now, he ain't really, he's not really a husband. So he began to call her out and to challenge her lifestyle, and uh, and so, but but look what happens here in uh, John chapter four, verse twenty-nine. Here's what this woman said. After she realized who Jesus was, she said, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Now, look at verse number 39 of the same chapter. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him, in him meaning Jesus, because of the word with the woman testified, He told me all that I ever did. Now, hers in part was a testimony as well. But I want you to see something though how that when this woman just went out there and she just started telling people, the invitation approach. She just went out there and say, look, you just need to come and see. Come and see a man who, who changed me. And the way she said it, the way she communicated it, man, I mean, it was just, it caused people to say, let me go see what this crazy woman talking about. Because look at think of it this way, she was in a moral woman, right? So she probably had a reputation. So probably in a lot of ways, her testimony was somewhat tainted because people will always look at her through that perhaps. But she stood out there and instead of getting into the big theological stuff, she said, just come and see. Come, 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 come and see. See, people who have an invitational approach, they're just really good at, at getting people to come. They, you know, like Sister April, she got, she got a little bit of that in her too, don't she? Sister April got, how I many vendors? She said almost 30. I've seen April, April got a combination of all of them. She's bold and everything else. I've seen her do some stuff, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, good stuff. But, but the point being is that, that some of us, you know, some people with this kind of makeup, they are very good, they just know the right time, the right place to invite somebody. They're really, really good at the right event. How many know that Mayfest is a great event? That's a great opportunity to just go and invite. And, and you know, even for, even for those of us who are somewhat uh, 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 careful to share our faith, just an invitation for somebody to get some popcorn and to, and to get a deal on the parking lot, how many know that's not so invasive and that's not so threatening to you? And so everybody should have a card, and everybody can go out inviting. But, but some people are just really good at that. They're just kind of, you know, they just love to invite. They just go around and invite people. Maybe that's your approach. You're really good at that. So flow with that. Just go with it. The next one, the last one is this, uh, the service approach. Look at uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Acts chapter 9, Verse 36. You there? Say amen. amen. All right, look at verse, let's we'll start at verse number 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Now this woman was known because she was a servant. She just blessed the poor. She was known for her giving. She was known for doing good works and helping the poor. And it, when she, But it happened in verse 37. In those days when she became sick and died, they, uh, when they had washed her, that they had laid her in the upper room. And since Lydia was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay and coming to them. And uh, and long story short, uh, Peter ended up uh, raising this lady from the dead. Now, I, what I want you to see, though, is that there were a lot of people that were crying. There were a lot of people that were upset because this woman was a servant. She, just, she was known for her good works. And there are some people like that. You ever meet people like that? Man, they just servants. You ask them to do anything, they love to serve. They, you know, you give them a paintbrush, they can go all day. You give them a lawnmower, they can cut some grass. And, and, you know, they just, anything you want them to do, they just love to serve. And some people, that's your best approach in winning people to Christ. Because when you get to do good works and you get to serve, how do you know that somebody might just ask you a question? Amen. Somebody might just say, well, you know, hey, you know, um, because you keep doing good to people, you keep serving them like that, at some point they're going to say to you, say, wow, so, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Why do you do all this? And have you know, There's an open door. Hey, let me tell you about a man named Jesus who changed my life. And how did that happen? Just through service. And these people are generally people that don't like the limelight much. You know, they just, they just want to be there to serve. Whenever somebody says they need help, they're some of the first people to jump up, because that's the way God wired them. That's the way that they're made. And so you'll see in all of these, and I, I hope, now this list is not meant to be exhaustive, but to give us the the variety of ways by which people can share their faith. And perhaps through this, you may have found something that works for you. Amen. Something through this that you find that, you know what, Pastor? I think I'm a bold person. I'd like to just go out. Or maybe you're just an intellect. So then what you need to do is you need to build you need to build a kind of environment that, that you can express whatever your gift or your personality is in that gift, amen? So what was the five? Number one, name who, who's taking notes? What was the five? The bold approach, what was the second one? What was the third one? And what was the fourth one? And what was the fifth one? And which one are you? Every head is by every eye is closed. God, we thank you so much for, God, just the opportunity that we have, Lord. uh, Lord, to share our faith, Lord. I thank you so much, Lord, that you did not make two people alike. You made us different. You gave, you made us, uh, Lord God, to have a variety in how we share our faith. And God, it's just amazing. And and I pray, Lord, that as we have been uh, doing this series now for the past month, God, that all of us will enter in, Father, and figure out our niche and begin to pursue the lost through the personality and the gifting by which you made and created us. God, we want to be the best evangelists. We want to be, Father God, good stewards of the grace of God that you have given to us. And I pray, Lord, that everybody who find their niche and everybody who discover their way, that they will step out in faith, Lord, that you'll provide opportunities, Lord, even in Mayfest, as Mayfest is coming up, Lord, and we are, uh, we are believing for hundreds and hundreds of people, Lord, to fill this parking lot. Father, I pray that the opportunities, Lord, will be limitless. And I pray, Lord God, that people will receive Christ And I pray that your people will be excited and enthusiastic about what you are doing on that day. Father, bless the work of our hand. And Lord God, as we step out in faith, reward your people, oh God. Reward them, Lord God, because Father, we share because we love. We love because you first loved us. And Father, we don't want to keep this to ourselves. Father, we're not in this just to uh, make ourselves better. That's part of it. But God, we're also a part of this because we so desperately want to see this dying world come to Christ. As evil is all around us, people are broken all around us. People are hurting all around us, Lord. People are confused and they're looking for a reason for life. They're looking to discover what this is all about. They are searching God, looking for life looking for answers, God, I pray that you would position every one of us in the proper place and that we will be ready for the moment when it comes. And if you're listening this morning and you know in your heart, maybe you've heard this message, but it didn't quite resonate with you. Maybe because you have not given your life to Christ yet. Maybe because you've reserved parts of your life to yourself and you have not given those areas over to the Lord the Bible says that it's appointed unto men once to die and then after death comes judgment judgment is very real hell is very real these are not things that are made up it's part of of our history It's part of the creation of the heavens and the earth and the Lord Jesus has sent me here today to preach the good news of the gospel. Good news meaning that Jesus save whoever will believe in him. He will give you eternal life. He will give you hope. If you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor Bailey, I don't know. If I die today, I'm not sure what will happen to me. I mean, I kind of hope that I go to heaven. I kind of, I, I, I really hope, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I will go to heaven. I, I'm, I'm not sure what will happen to me, and, and I want to know. If that's you today, and you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You hear Jesus calling. What is Jesus calling you to do? He's calling you to give your life to him. You've been running, you've been doing things your own way, and perhaps you've been trying to just make it on your own. But Jesus is coming this morning. He's come to you to say, he's come to arrest you. He's come to to arrest you, but yet at the same time to set you free. We listen this morning you haven't given your life to Jesus, and you say, Pastor, I want to make that decision today. I don't care who you are, I want to make a decision to give my life to Jesus today, once and for all. Can you slip your hand up? I just want to pray with you, I want to pray for you. Amen, I see that one hand. Is there another hallelujah who is saved? We never want to assume that everybody is automatically in. We want to make sure that we give everybody an opportunity to dedicate their life to Christ. Is there another this morning that would say, Pastor, I, I need to give my life to Jesus today. And he's been dealing with me. He's been calling me. And I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to make that choice. Is there another? Amen, amen. I'm going to ask a young man to raise his hand to come on up to this altar. Come to give God a hand as he comes. Amen. Brother Paul. How are you doing? Today? Good. I, I believe, uh, I believe that uh, that you want to rededicate your life to Christ. So normally, when people you me, normally, when people want to rededicate, they've kind of fallen off. They haven't pursued like they should. And he's coming because he realized that he wants Jesus to be the Lord of his life. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. When Jesus doesn't really have you yet until you allow him to be the Lord of your life. And, and by coming up here publicly before all of us and saying, not just us, but all the angels of heaven who are watching this moment, I want you to know that this is a very profound moment. This is a very serious moment because you're saying that I'm ready to go all the way for Jesus. I'm ready to give my life totally, completely, and wholly. I'm not gonna gonna play church, I'm not gonna go through the motions anymore, I'm ready to go all the way. In exchange for that, Jesus will give you a beautiful life. He will give you a life that is so rich. He will give you a life that is so complete, that is so full. He will change you in a way that you will live the rest of your days on this planet with distinct focus, you will know exactly what God is saying and what he wants to do in your life. And more importantly, you will have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, never to be erased. Why? Because when you come to him, when you give your life to him, he says, I will by no means, that's right. So if your heart is open this morning. You're saying, "Lord, I'm ready to go all the way. We want to pray with you. And you can know for sure that you're his son. And your sin is a thing of the past because you're moving forward. You're fast-tracking toward your destiny. You're fast-tracking toward your purpose, your divine purpose, the reason why God put you on the planet. So many people are still trying to figure that out, trying to figure out why they're on this planet. And you're never going to discover that until you surrender your life truly and completely to Jesus Christ. And this is what you're doing today. Amen. Just, uh, let's, uh, I'm going to hold your hand. You know, this is... This is a soul of unity. Saints, just pray with us as we pray. I want you to repeat after me. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for living through me and for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to me and being patient with me, not rewarding me for what I deserve, but giving me grace but giving me compassion and giving me a desire to follow you wholly and completely. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. i hold nothing back. I need you in my life. Use me. Fill me. I'm your son now. I'm not looking back. But I'm looking forward. Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Anoint me for your purpose. I'm yours today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, saints, give God a hearty praise. Amen. Amen. Now, did you believe that this morning? And you need to know he's with you. He has a great plan for your life. The enemy wants to try to do something else. He wants to try to divert you. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't come to take away from life. He's come to add to your life. He's come to make your life meaningful. He's come to give you everything that you ever hoped for. He came even to change the stuff that you hoped for that was wrong. Because he knows exactly what you really need. And he's going to be faithful. He's going to be faithful to you. As long as you keep pursuing him, you keep following him, even if you fall off the bike sometime, which we all do, you get back up and you know he's going to be with you. He's going to take you. The Bible says in Hebrews, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He originated and he's the one that perfects you along the process. My advice to you this morning is cooperate with the Spirit. Just cooperate with what God wants to do and position yourself Receive to become everything that He wants you to do, knowing that there's no better life. Amen. Come on, church, give God a praise. Brother Jacob, you come and counsel, my brother. Amen. 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 Brother Larry, you can help him out, please. Thank you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come on, give God other praise all right at this time we're going to get ready to close the service if anybody desire any special prayer for anything just come up here and we will pray for you and go and make a difference amen go share your faith go talk to people they are all around and uh, God has called us to reach them amen let's lift our hands to the heaven now unto to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace with great joy To him be glory, dominion, power now and forevermore. God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, cover your people. Bless them. Keep them. Let them be blessed going in and let them be blessed coming out. And God will give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. will not you go hug somebody and say, bless them. Have a good week. And and also, we have some accessories at the table. So uh, we ask our visitors to stop by and go. Good to be there and bless you.